We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Stephen and I'm the host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing this evening? Uh, nervous, dude. I'm a little nervous about this game. Watch Jordan Love face the Steelers. And I'll tell you what, man, I did expect that. And I don't think anybody even really talked about it, maybe because they lost. But I'm a little worried about this one. Yeah, the vibes in Green Bay are a little weird. I listened to uh, Kiefer and the Beats, the athletic football show feed, uh zach Kiefer is doing interviews every single week of uh beat writers from the athletic every single from every single team throughout the season they had the packers one on this this week and everybody he was saying that everybody in green bay is is talking about tanking for marvin harrison and the team is terrible and all this stuff and and how poorly the offense looked against the steelers and i watched that tape and i don't agree with that assessment <laughs> so uh it's gonna be interesting we'll dive into uh this matchup more heavily today we obviously did a decent amount of this uh, yesterday on the Chargers feed. So if you guys missed that, please go check that out. We did a little bit of a an overreaction Monday on a Wednesday segment too. So uh, let us know what you guys think. We had some uh, good conversations about Keenan Allen, Rashawn Gary, um, the offense, figuring things out. So uh, let us know what you think. Um, before we dive into this matchup, we do have some uh, news to get to. The Chargers have made some moves, obviously. Uh, with with uh, Chris Rumpf going on IR and some uh, some tight end issues as well, which we've talked a lot about on this show. Uh, but first and foremost, Chris Rumpf on injury reserve with the foot fracture that he sustained during warmups, uh, taking his place. We were kind of con- curious to see how the Chargers would address that spot, uh, and they have gone out and signed Justin Hollins from the Giants practice squad. Uh, Justin Hollins uh, was drafted in Denver when Brandon Staley was in Denver, followed him to Los Angeles, and then has kind of bounced over a little bit between the pra- the Packers practice squad recently, who also run the, the Vic Vangio defense. So, uh, Tyler, your thoughts here as we get uh, some resolution on the Chris Rump uh, front. What a bummer, man. Getting hurt in warm-ups sucks. Ending your season because of warm-ups absolutely sucks. Yeah. I will say in terms of just swapping out one player for another, seems fine to me. You know, if you're just looking at him statistically throughout his career, Holland hasn't been – there's no 50-pressure guy in here, I don't think. Um, but he will be 
enough. And he's, he's the fourth guy. Um, I'm assuming he'll be active, but I don't know how much he'll play. I think it's a solid signing. It's unfortunate that the Chargers couldn't really find anything from the other edge rushers that they kept. I'm on the practice squad, I should say. So whether it was Brevin Allen, whether it was Andrew Farmer, um, it was sort of Ty Shelby for a bit. Then he got released, I believe. Um, couldn't really find a guy there. Needed someone to be a veteran presence right away. And so I get it. They wouldn't get anything when they tried Allen, when they tried Farmer. So go for somebody you know. Um, once again, Brandon Staley gets one of his guys. But this one, I think, makes sense. I think going to someone like Hollins makes a bit more sense than maybe going back to Jeremiah Tauchu from we, we joked that it would be someone from 2016 <laughs> this year. Um, it wasn't, but it was um, a, a familiar place for face for Brandon Staley. Yeah, I think this is fine. Uh, shout out to Gavino Borquez from Chargers Wire. He's been talking about the Chargers getting Justin Hollins for quite some time. Uh, you know, it's his version of Nick Van, I guess. Um, for what it's worth, Justin Hollins does also train with Coach Ed. Uh, so the Chargers are, are continuing to stockpile Coach Ed uh, protégés, if you will. Um, I, I think you look at Justin Hollins again, he's been kind of a back end of the roster practice squad kind of player. There, there's been some stretches of of some decent play. You look at the, his performances at the back end of of this past season for the Packers in 2022. Um, you know, some decent production in, here and there. You know, he had like two pressures against the Falcons and a sack and on like 15 pass rush snaps. So, you know, it, it's nothing inspiring, obviously, but it's not like, you know, I, I don't want to pile on the guy, but it's not like Chris Rumpf is lining it up either. Um Honestly, I think the the biggest net positive here is that it's just going to be like the three main guys and they're just going to roll with it. I think, you know, those Chris Rump snaps should just go directly to Tuli Tui Pelotu and all these guys and just play them more. I think um, they can still maintain a fresh rotation between the three of them. Justin Holland's going to play on special teams while he kind of gets acclimated a little bit. Um, so I, I do think that is kind of a net positive. It's just more snaps for, for Tuli and uh, Khalil and Joey obviously are, are going to do their usual uh, workload as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious what the stunt rate was when Chris Rumpf came back and then what it will be because as we saw last year with Chris Rumpf, it's like, I don't know if we can win the one-on-ones with Chris Rumpf, but we can use him to stunt and we can use them to, to do different things. Um, so do they try that with Hollins? I don't know. But again, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to play, but he'll serve a solid role and I feel comfortable with him definitely as a fourth guy. Yeah. And I, I do th- I do like that they are going with four officially on the roster. I think last year having just the three, like it, it it's it was it was too much. It was too much, especially when after Joey got injured, you didn't really have that other top tier pass rusher. So you know Justin Hollins can take five ten snaps on defense, keep him fresh a little bit, but I, I'm not expecting a ton from him. Uh, the move that got people more excited uh, was a practice squad move. We'll see how long he stays on the practice squad. Uh, but the Chargers are bringing back veteran tight end Steven Anderson. Obviously, Steven Anderson was with the team in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Um, 2021, he had his essentially a breakout season for the Chargers and kind of an H-back tight end four pseudo role fullback. It was just he wore a lot of hats, had a fantastic season as a blocker, had a couple of big moments as a pass catcher as well. Uh, so he's replacing Mark Webb on the practice squad. So Interesting dynamic there. You know, Brandon Staley hinted at some of the tight ends on the active roster being banged up, most notably Gerald Everett and his back injury. Uh, but Tyler, I'm a fan of this move. I am. I, I think Heck that yeah. he need he fill he fills a role that the Chargers need to upgrade. 
And I mentioned this on the Chargers channel. There were like some reps where they would try and motion Jalen Guyton in and be kind of like an H-back guy and try and dig out a, a linebacker. That's just not a receiver's role, right? I, it's not Stone Smart's job either. He's not performing that very well. Uh, so Steven Anderson has experience in that role. He he has experience with the team. Justin Herbert was asked about him today and said he's a great teammate. So uh, I'm excited about this one. It's a practice squad move. Uh, but uh, I, I think it is a move that we'll see him be on the active roster sooner rather than later. Yeah, he'll he'll be up sooner rather than later. I don't think you add him to the practice squad to leave him there. I'm surprised he wasn't around sooner, and I think the Chargers really do regret having let him go. Frankly, I don't understand why they let him go. They never really found the right replacement for him. I'm very curious then what this means for Kellen Moore in the offense because the most fullbacking they've done seems to be with like Jordan McFadden, for example, yeah. and so... Does Steven Anderson become that because, you know, Kellen Moore has not really used a fullback for the last few years. They cut their true fullback um, after week one or whatever it was. So what does he do? Because I don't see Steven Anderson as much of a like an inline tight end. I don't think that was ever really ended up being his strong suit, at least no. with Joe Lombardi when he was here. Um, but I will say if you're if you're getting a guy to move and you're getting a guy to block on the move, I would certainly much rather him. Than someone like Stone Smart, or, or frankly, at the line, I, I would take Steven Anderson over Stone Smart. I just think it just one adds more to, to your run game. Two, I also just think it adds more to what you're showing and what you could show. Uh, Jordan McFadden is not getting the, the ball. He's not running out to the flat and catching a you know, a yeah. pass in the flat and getting yards after the catch. Steven Anderson, he might. Hey, you know, this <laughs> week, I don't care when you do it. Whenever you break that out, dude, that's the best player of the year. Like that'll be, that'll be the so play fun. of the year. That'll be on the ESPYS. Yeah. It'll be great, but you can throw it to Steven Anderson twice. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you can only do it once with McFadden. That's probably it. But with, yeah. with Anderson, yeah. you can do it a couple of times. So I, I love the move. Loved Steven Anderson when he was here. Didn't figure out why they let him go. They couldn't replace him. He's back. And I think it, I think you could just really start to see the evolution of the run game just get a little bit better, just incrementally better. Does Nick Van Net move the needle a ton? Not really. But they got a little bit better, and you can tell he's just a he's just a better blocker. So if you yeah. get Anderson out there, and you're just another little bit better after averaging 5.45 yards per carry in the second half of the last game against the Lions, and you're facing a Packers run defense that isn't very good, like you can see them starting to find and fix some of the issues that plagued them throughout the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know Trey McKitty got a lot of the the hate on on social media for for his per poor performances, but. I mean, Stone Smart was right there with him as a, as a blocker, at least. Very different roles, different body types. I was never really expecting Stone Smart to be like a great blocker. And he's shown some some interesting flashes as a receiver. But when you're down a guy like Gerald Everett, like your other tight ends have to fill all these other roles. And so after they after Gerald Everett got hurt on Sunday, Gerald, uh, Stone Smart was often the tight end that they would use to to in like 11 personnel sets. Um, so it, it is like a very clear role that they, they seem to like is having that, the, the big receiver, if you will, who's going to be like the tight end in 11 personnel and Jared Everett, when he's in the game, he blocks hard. The technique is, is not always perfect, but he tries hard stone smart. I just, he, he's the only played tight end for, for two years. I feel bad, like criticizing him, but the blocking is just a major issue. Like there, there's just no resistance. It's it's essentially like you are blocking without a tight end while he's out there. So Steven Anderson comes in. I think that can really just again stabilize the blocking, like you mentioned, similar fashion as as Nick Vanette. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. I know people are not 
super excited with Kellen Moore's approach to the run game and the results more so specifically, but he's trying, he's trying different stuff out there on a week to week basis. This past week, I thought he had a good plan. He was trying to get the lions out of heavier packages and he was trying to get the lions with lighter boxes and it just didn't really work super effectively. So he's trying new things. He's trying to figure out what really is going to work for them long-term. And I, I think Steven Anderson and Nick Vanette coming in can really provide a, a just a, a, a more stable floor to this run game and, and help you know them find their identity a little bit more. Yeah, really? Can you just upgrade your tight end room this in the middle of the season? And they did it twice, now with Vanette and then now with Anderson. Yeah. So just significantly better. And like you said, I, he tries different things. Kellen Moore tries different things, and I can appreciate that because um, some people don't like turning over play calling duties or changing anything, and others try to do some different things. And hey, they scored 38 points because of it. Yeah, those those adjustments can uh, make some make some strong dividends, uh, you know. So we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, Tyler, any other uh, thoughts on these uh, moves? Oh, I guess we should also mention the, the Chargers have opened the window for JT Woods to return. Um, there's obviously been not much information about what exactly happened with him, but um, he was on the non-football illness list. He was not on injured reserve. Those are two different things. Um, but the window for him to return is officially opened. I don't know if he also has the 21 days or not, but uh, hmm. obviously this is kind of the first step for JT to make his his way back to the team. How much of an impact he makes remains to be seen i tend to think that dean marlowe has really kind of solidified the safety three spot um but what do you what do you kind of expect i guess of jt returning safety four and i think that you know alohi's spot is safe dean marlowe's spot i do think is safe so jt woods will be safety four and maybe in a few weeks when he's back and like officially back in the swing of things maybe they sort of back to that safety three role that he was supposed to have but dean marlowe's you know, earned the right to be out there and has looked pretty yeah. good. So it's it's tough to do anything else with JT Woods at this point. Had they kept four active safeties on the roster on game day? Um, they've kind of gone back and forth um, uh -huh. with uh, Jalen Hawkins and, and AJ Finley kind of yeah. going back and forth with three or four. Um, this past Sunday, I think they did have the four up, but I don't think Hawkins played very much, if at all. Yeah. So, so. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Isaiah Spiller has been inactive. JT Woods has been inactive before. I don't know. You, you got to, I don't know. Like you got to figure out what you have. You felt good about him, but then, you know, the, the issue happened and that stinks. But then like, can you put him back out there? I don't know. Like you put him out there against the Ravens. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think. I mean, this is obviously another conversation for another day, but this mm -hmm. 2022 draft class is really taking shape and uh, we're really starting to figure out who can play and who cannot play. So, you know, you have Zion, who's a starter. Jamari is obviously a starter. Um, you know, this is a really important second half of the season for guys like Otito Ogbonia and Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, who I thought was pretty solid on Sunday against the Lions and in his he spot was. duty. Um but they're getting basically nothing from JT Woods and Isaiah Spiller. And I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon, as sad as that sounds. Um, and obviously Xander Horvath is not on the team anymore. So uh, yeah, it would be nice to see these guys like Otito just here and Dean kind of like solidify themselves a little bit, maybe earn 
you know, a stronger role going forward. Obviously, you know that Dean Leonard's a fantastic special teams player. Mm-hmm. Um, but Otito, I thought, has shown some good flashes. Jasir's shown some good flashes over the last couple of weeks. It'd be nice for us to feel like good about them as potential starters, you know, beyond this season. Yeah, Dean Leonard, man. Like I, I didn't watch the defensive replay, but just watching them live, they tried to t- pick on him in two back-to-back plays, I believe. And there was that, you know, deep shot down the left sideline. From my point of view, watching it, it's like, I don't know. And if you just have any flashbacks in that moment of how he looked against the Rams, that's a pass interference or a touchdown. But he got his head around, put the hand up, you know, just made the ball move just a little bit. Um, you know, got his hand on it and it was a pass defense. And it was actually really impressive. So just little bits like that are really strong. It's what we saw in training camp. You know, he didn't have five or six passes broken up in one day for no reason. Like he did get better. So I, 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 there's no way to see what Dean Leonard can do for you unless someone gets hurt. But yeah. in a parallel universe, I'd love to see what Dean Leonard could do for you because you have a lot of question marks next year. Yeah, yeah. Long term wise, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can carve out a role at all. But um, you know, seven round picks, you're not expecting to be long term starters by any means. Um, you know, him becoming a guy who can play spot, start duty, be a great special teams player. That's that's a hit, in my opinion, for a seventh round pick, and we'll, totally. we'll see what happens there. But um, Otito and, and Jasir, I think that's kind of more where you're potentially gaining some long-term starters, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Yep. All right, uh, let's dive into this uh, Packers preview. Um, you know, a little bit of a different start to the episode, obviously, because of the news, but uh, we'll dive into the Packers roster, and then we'll have our key matchup, X-Factors, all that good stuff like we always do. Uh, if you are listening, you're missing a heck of a uh, cheese and and uh, char or <laughs> I was called it a charcuterie board, like the guy from the Jets <laughs> charcuterie board uh, graphic here from Tyler that he has made uh, to preview the Packers matchup. So uh, appreciate the uh, creativity and good work as always, Tyler. I thought you were gonna go with like charge cuterie board or something like chargers <laughs> or something, but nope, you're in a whole different direction. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's all good. Um, all right. Uh, Packers coaching staff. It's been uh, a lot of the same guys for, for quite some time. I feel like obviously Matt LaFleur is the head coach, you know, uh, rebounding, you know, with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kind of has solidified his status as, as a head coach, but he's going through it a little bit with a very mm-hmm. young team. So, you know, the Packers go from three consecutive 13 win seasons, hosting playoff games to three and six this year. Joe Barry, who uh, was actually going to be the Chargers linebacker coach at one point for Brandon Staley, uh, an associate head coach, uh, is now their their defensive coordinator in Green Bay. I think he was the Chargers linebacker coach for like four days. Uh, O.C. Adam Stenovich is a former offensive line guy, so I love that. love to see an offensive line guy getting some O.C. love. And then uh, our former uh, nemesis, if you will, Mr. Rich Basaccia, a.k.a. not Josh McDaniels on the chart here is their uh, special teams coach. So Tyler, what's kind of your, your impression of what this coaching staff around Matt floor has been able to do this season with this young team that the Packers have uh, going on around Jordan love from an offensive perspective. It really is like you look at the draft classes, the last two years, and then who's producing in terms of receiving. It's literally just the last two classes. Yeah. Um, I don't recall the last time I've seen a, a We do these previews every, every game or not every game, every, yeah, every game with each team and I don't remember this much turnover in two seasons for like an entire specific position group in yeah. terms of the draft like it is yeah. everyone you drafted is getting the ball and that's basically it which is fine like 
I, I wish our first round pick got more of the football, but that's a whole other topic. Um, LaFleur, I think, has it, it's a tricky situation because they started the week one really strong and the preseason looked really good. But then you lose Bakhtiari and Jenkins is hurt and yeah. Myers is not Creed Humphrey and, you know, some oops. Watson. Oops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know who made that. Who could have saw that? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that will be the forever thing. Right. Um, I was going to say Christian Watson was hurt. So yeah. they're trying to make things work. I will say it really does seem like Jordan Love and we, we I mentioned at the top of the show is kind of starting to round back into form because honestly, the last time I watched him specifically was against the Raiders and they stunk. It was not great. Yeah. And but watching them against the Steelers and that's a very tough Steelers defense. He looked pretty good. You know, if the if the Packers line were healthier and you know Aaron Jones weren't in and out of the lineup because of injuries, I think this offense would be a lot better than what they yeah. currently are at. Um, as far as the the defense goes, I I hear nothing but groaning and complaining from Packers fans about how bad the defense <laughs> is. Although the talk, uh, they seem to believe that Brandon Staley would be their defensive coordinator of the future. Should something happen in that regard, um, which is, which is funny because we're all, we're all complaining about the defense side of the football and grass is not always green and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, Joe Barry has not been great. Was also a former chargers. I want to say the linebackers coach um, a couple years yeah. in the McCoy era. And then before that, um, so good call yeah hello again i guess i uh, can't wait to <laughs> run all of your your defense that run defense has not been great i mean i don't think the steelers have been like Najee harris has essentially been a disappointment and the steelers he just got benched. Have... wait if jalen warren, Jalen warren's their starter now well he finally has a good game <laughs> it's benched he had yeah. five point wait really yeah what? i missed that that happened like, today like... yeah oh no kidding because I, I was watching them run and they both look you know Jalen Warren has, has been the guy and has been look wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, you the more you know. Uh yeah, I'm surprised after that performance you would get benched. But okay. Yeah. Jalen Warren both look really good. So I think the Chargers are in for a sweet treat when the Packers rush out their wide nine to try to defend the pass. And the Chargers run up the middle. And Zion and Jamari get going. I think it's a game where they get absolutely good. And we'll talk about that later. Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that come to fruition as well. You know, I mentioned, so I watched two Packers games uh, yesterday on tape. I watched the Packers and the Steelers, and I watched the Packers and the, who do they play before that? The Commanders? Uh, just make yeah. it up, I'll believe you. <laughs> Anyways, I watched I watched two of their, their recent games, and against the Steelers, like, Matt LaFleur's top guys on offense outside of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are all young guys. I mean, they're playing a former seventh round pick at left tackle and Rashid Walker, the famous bike thief from <laughs> our draft episode. Fucking told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Zach Tom is, is their right tackle who they drafted last year as well. Who, like, you know, for where they drafted them, those guys are playing well, but you know, you have Elton Jenkins and Aaron Jones who are the veterans. And, but outside of that, it's, it's literally all guys that they have drafted in the last two years. And Jordan Love, who was the member of the 2020 class, but this is his first year starting, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of training wheel elements to this offense right now, but I think it's smart and I think it's the right way for Matt LaFleur to build up confidence for these guys, for this specific quarterback. Like I, I watched them chip the living hell out of TJ Watt this past week. And it was like every single play they were chipping him. They were double teaming him. They were chipping Alex Highsmith. 
they would have max protect calls like every other play i feel like and it's just a way to get the confidence built up of your young your young quarterback your young receivers you know that's a lot of yards after catch opportunities for Jaden reed for romeo dobbs it's a lot of just things that make sense as they develop this training they're using luke musgrave as a field stretcher you know he's working the seams he's running past people tucker craft is it it's a bit of a work in progress but he's kind of their short area tight end you know again makes sense give him some yards after catch uh, opportunities the consistency is not there with this group obviously they're playing so many young guys but matt lafleur is coaching them in a really smart way and like this mm -hmm. is a unit that i think next year could probably be a really you know very interesting offense because matt lafleur i think is a really smart coach the bones of this packers offense are really smart but it's the consistency aspect of yeah. things so from the chargers standpoint from a defensive standpoint i do think this is a matchup that the chargers defensive line should get back to form i do expect mm -hmm. the edge rushers to play angry this week and be able to get after it whether or not the secondary carries their weight remains to be seen but from a from a strategy standpoint you you have to be more consistent than the youngest offense in the league. Like that's the bar, and we haven't we haven't seen that happen. You know, it's it's the truth. You know, this cannot be a game where you let Jordan Love go for three twenty or whatever and three touchdowns, and you can't let Christian Watson get going. So, you know, you have to be just sound and consistent. Don't let the Packers make these big explosive plays because that's how you'll you'll let them get going. But I objectively think Matt LaFleur is doing a fantastic job with these guys. And you can see it. Again, I've, I've only recently watched the Steelers game, but you can tell just in how wide open some of these guys are. Yeah. And it just seemed, you know, you can get you can move Jordan Love off his spot. He, there's still an aspect of, you know, basically year one quarterback right now. Right. But when he was on and when, you know, the protection was there enough and they were doing a lot of play action, there were guys routinely open. Like everyone just kind of looked sharp. Everyone had the spacing was really solid. There were so many moments where it's like, where are the Steelers defenders? And that's yeah. got to be a credit to LaFleur. Like, I don't think the Steelers are a bad defense. I don't recall them being bad this season. Certainly not that bad. So to have several guys get open so routinely throughout that game and having a lot of answers on third down. I mean, you can even tell just Jordan Love, like, is that process and things on third down? Yeah. There was one, like, the Steelers, like, showed rushing eight or whatever it was. Dropped a bunch of guys. Love knew he had the guy on the out route for the first down. Hit him perfect. Like it was such a good play, and you can tell. Yeah. Like you can tell that Lafleur. You know, credit to Jordan Love, of course. But Lafleur has these guys guys dialed in, and I really do think you can see where this offense is going to be in a year. I don't know how Packers fans feel. Right again, I don't watch Packers football, but just watching that game, it's like, yeah, these guys are going to be good potentially this week and, and certainly yeah. in a year when they all grow together like this and the line gets, you know, reshuffled and fixed and they're healthy. It's going to be a good unit. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Packers fans who are so used to <laughs> just like dominating and being relevant and being competitive, like they're probably not thrilled with all the, with the drops and the, you know, the, the sailing passes and things like that. And obviously Joe Barry is, is another issue, but like me as an objective football fan, like I see a lot of good solid potential being made here and Matt LaFleur, I think, is like I mentioned, I think he's coaching them up the right way. He's laying a solid foundation. You know, next year, you you probably have like a top 10 pick. You can get one of these offensive tackles to replace David Bakhtiari. You can kind of get a veteran receiver in there. But uh, it, it's a nice unit. I'm not jealous at all of the, having the two young tight ends that I would have loved one of them on the Chargers. I promise I'm not jealous. 
but it's it's a fun unit, man. There's definitely some consistency issues, but overall, I think this group is really coming together well. I, I love the way that everything kind of just fits. Like the roles all fit. Mm-hmm. The way they're using Jaden Reed, who who I like. The way they're using Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Like the roles are all different, and they fit well, and they're executing them well. The two tight ends are different players, and they're using them well. So it's just it, it's just good coaching. Like I think they'll take the the their lumps the rest of the year, but I think like you mentioned, next year they could be a really fun offense to watch next season. Yeah, it's really a bummer to watch. Okay, so I'm watching Sam Laporta versus the Chargers. Okay, then I go and I watch Darnell Washington on the Steelers. Then I go because they're playing the same game. So I'm, well, then I'm watching Luke yeah. Musgrave. Then I'm watching Tucker Craft. And it's like, wow, any of those needed, guys. I just any needed point, one, man. I just needed one. <laughs> one would have been great. Shout out Steven Anderson, dude. Love you. Yeah. So happy you're back. It is week 11, though. I don't even know officially if you're going to be on the active roster. Uh, yeah, would have loved to have one of those guys. Um, but you know. I'll just say this. Thule is doing so much work for me to not absolutely lose my mind about the second round and how no tight end was taken because I wouldn't want another tight end over Thule in the second round. Not even close. So thank goodness for Thule because otherwise, yeah, the the, the FOMO on tight ends is uh, it's hurting. Yeah. Could have taken one in the third round. Maybe Deion becomes a great player. We'll see. But yeah. Um, all right, off off season review for the Packers. Lots of losses for this team. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, they just traded Rasul Douglas. Um, but Alan Lazard, Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry, Randall Cobb, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Adrian Amos, Justin Hollins. That's a lot of veteran pieces that they that they lost. They didn't really bring in anybody uh of note from a, a free agency standpoint. Uh, I guess the long snapper who plays is a starter <laughs> for them. But you know, Keyshawn Nixon's a slot corner return specialist. Speaking of He's a good return specialist. Chargers mm-hmm. definitely need to be aware of him. Um, but Tyreus Moore, Jonathan Owens, who is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on her name. I feel Simone terrible Biles. right now. With Simone Biles, thank you. Uh, that's her husband or fiance or whatever. Um, but he doesn't really play that much. So again, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this. They lost a lot of pieces, didn't really replace <laughs> them. They had a cap reset. Obviously, they still have a lot of Aaron Rodgers dead cap hit this year. Next season, they have a good amount of cap space. Yeah, a, a lot of losses, a lot of turnover. This is very much so. We'll take our lumps as a new team, figure yeah. out who we are post Aaron Rodgers. It's it's a it's a hard reset that also like still allows them to function. Like it still seems like yeah. they can be competitive, but it is a pretty pretty hard reset. You lose your you know quarterback, um, but then you know, Lazard, Reed, Lowry, Cobb, Tanya, Lewis. Like these are guys that I just you know expect and have seen on the Packers for a while. Although Cobb like did came back to the Packers, but. Yeah, everybody's in a different place now, except for somehow Tanyan and Lewis both ended up in Chicago. Once again, a t- tight end I would have loved to maybe have, but yeah. you know, that's yeah, I don't even think they're playing all that much. <laughs> okay. Well, so, shout out Steven fun. Anderson. Cole Komet, baby. Let's go. Um, all right, this is where you'll really see one of the biggest draft classes. They have a ton of draft picks next year as well. Um, Lucas Van Ness in the first round, Luke Musgrave. Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, guys, we we just talked about a little bit. Uh, Colby Wooden, the linebacker from uh, Auburn. Sean Clifford, their backup quarterback. Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. Carl Brooks, who's playing a decent amount. I knew some some Chargers fans wanted him. Uh, Anders Carlson is the younger brother of Daniel Carlson. He's their starting kicker. Uh, Carrington Valentine from Kentucky. Lou Nichols. I can't even really see those other two names. I don't recognize them. Uh, but a lot of these guys are playing roles for for this Packers team. Tyler, what do you what do you make of the way that they've kind of been using these young guys? 
on offense, fantastic. We just talked about it. These guys are all getting involved. Luke Musgrave, you know, hasn't been Sam Laporta or Kincaid, but he was, that's not quite where we thought he was going to be. He was a longer term guy for sure. For sure. And a guy, not that he's a specialized guy, but he definitely has a, a particular role that it seems like the Packers are leaning into the last couple of weeks. The the big, we'll see about swing and a miss, but it seems like Lucas Van Ness is not living up to what you would have hoped so far. As you pointed out on the Chargers uh, show, five pressures the first game in a sack. Like you're you're partying, you're celebrating. That's as yeah. good as it gets for a rookie. And then you look at the rest of the way, and it's it's I think like seven or eight games of zero pressures, and then finally one with two. That's rough for a first round pick. Yeah, again, and he's playing. To... It's not like he's not playing. Like, oh yeah, he's playing. Yeah, I think he has at least a hundred pass rush snaps, which isn't a ton, but that's enough. And again, the first game you have probably like twenty reps, and then the next eighty you only have two. That's not great. And, and Lucas Van Ness was already someone that, you know, I felt better about by the end of the draft process or pre-draft process. But sure. you look at the numbers in the film and it's like, you you better hit. And I'm really curious how much of how they're using their edge rushers. Do they ask him to do a lot of wide nine stuff? I haven't specified and like looked at Lucas Van Ness, but um, it hasn't been great. So I think this is actually a really solid class overall. One that will definitely grow. A lot of names in here that I really like, including like a Carl Brooks. But Lucas Van Ness has to hit for this to be one of the better classes because so far that's it's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I think you know I was I was initially really low on Lucas Van Ness, and then just like the more I studied him, like you see some some interesting things. But mm -hmm. you knew he was going to be a work in progress. That being said, you know seven pressures in nine games, like that's that's a disappointment. Like no way yeah. to shake it. Um, and it's not like. You know, people will, I'm sure will bring up like Quentin Johnson in this instance. Like Quentin was objectively like not playing the first few games. And Lucas Van Ness was a starter for them for the first few games until Rashawn Gary got back. So it, it it's an interesting thing. We'll see how this works out. Rashawn Gary wasn't exactly like an instant hit for them either. It took him, you know, like a year and some change, if I remember correctly, for him to really find his stride. Now he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. So maybe they feel like they can have that kind of, you know, long-term development. Obviously they have Preston Smith for at least for this year. Uh, so they don't necessarily need Lucas Van Ness to be like this amazing player, but I'm sure Packers fans would, would love to see more from him, but you mentioned it, man, the off the offense in this draft class in particular, you know, you're getting contributions from all of them, even Dontavian Wicks, who I wasn't expecting to be like a, anything, you know, he's not a starter for them. But he's got 239 yards receiving and a touchdown, 17 catches. He's kind of a a fill-in for everybody else role. He's kind of like their version of Josh Palmer. Um, you know, he's he's been a big play guy. He's been a 50-50 guy. So he's he's filling in as a nice role as a, as a fourth receiver. And again, all of their young receivers are are last two years. So it's just impressive to see. And then Anders Carlson, you know, their, their kicker has been uh, pretty solid from what I can tell. So. This is a class that I think you feel good about, like the foundation of it. But for mm -hmm. Packers fans, like for for this to be like a true, true hit, like Lucas Finesse has has got to figure it out and and reach his potential that uh, obviously led him to be drafted in the first round. Yeah, the number of draft picks is slightly inflated by the fact that they have so many seventh rounders. But still, like you try to go get more at bats, and so even if Van Ness doesn't hit, if you go, let's say, like two out of three. And again, you want the first rounder to hit, but you go like Musgrave, Reed figures it out and becomes a legit receiver. Then you find some development for Kraft and let's say Carl Brooks. And you have a kicker now with Carlson. 
Um, I know the joke now is don't draft kickers, and that's certainly played out this year. But Carlson yeah. seems to be solid. And, you know, good bloodline, I guess. Uh, it, again, it's a really solid class. I'm very curious how they do against the Chargers secondary this week because I well, I guess we'll save it for the, the matchups. <laughs> yeah, but a fun class nonetheless. They have a ton of pick next year as well. So uh, if you're a draft fan and a Packers okay. fan, you're probably... Sorry, I think we both had it at the same time. No worries. But uh, if you're a, if you're a Packers fan and a draft nerd, you're probably having a, having a fun springtime next year. So we'll see what happens there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys, we'll take a, a quick second here and tell you about some of our partnerships, some of our sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, I uh, have to tell you about Little Caesars, which obviously we know pizza and football go together so well, just like Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, who we potentially think might challenge for the, the lead in receiving this year. So uh, hopefully he's able to play this week. Uh, that's another thing that we will have to keep an eye on. But uh, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, it's a great combination, just like pizza and football. You can go use Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers, and use their pizza portal pickup. You can order the delivery. Either way, you get some good pizza, good fun uh, ahead of football matchups. You get a, a, the whole feature, which is an hour before kickoff, which is a great, fantastic feature. So we cannot recommend Little Caesars enough. Uh, again, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm here to talk to you about Price Picks, which is a ton of fun. I think both Steven and I participate, yeah. partake every week, and it's a lot of fun. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money daily fantasy sports game. You pick two players, three players, four, five, six players, and if it will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, it's really that simple. You get to watch your progress update in real time, feel a bit of those those nerves, but also the excitement, and you can win up to twenty-five times your entry amount. I've loved using it so far. So if you want to use it, go to make your selections. Go to prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash guilty. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Go check it out. It really helps support the show. You guys get to make some money as well. So it's uh, really 
a no-brainer in my opinion. All right, Tyler, let's uh, get to some of these key matchups. I'll, uh, I'll let you start us off here. You know, key matchups is is obviously what we want to focus in on specifically for these individual players. Uh, you know, last week I feel like was a was a rough week for for the key matchups that we highlighted in terms of how how it resulted. Uh, but we'll see what happens this week. So, who is your biggest matchup, most important matchup of the week for the Chargers as they head to uh, Lambeau Field for the first time? Don't know whether the weather's going to be. I'm not sure Keenan Allen is playing. Therefore, you better make sure you can run it this week, and you better figure it out this week against a bad Packers rushing defense. Like they are not great. And you know, I was on the a podcast with Mike Kawano yesterday to, um, who's a half Chargers, half Packers fan, but he hosts the Packers. And that's his Shout true Mike. team. Yeah, Mike's awesome. Uh, and he said you are more than welcome to just run it up the middle on this team. And you're going to laugh at how good you are and the records you're going to set. Everyone's going to have a career day against this Packers interior. I don't know. Um, but watching even just the Steelers play the Packers this last game, the missed tackles, the blown gap assignments, everything was just rough to watch. And I, I thought, sure, the Steelers blocked well and the, the defensive line for the Packers wasn't doing great. But even just felt like at the next level and then at the third level, they just weren't really working well. So this, this run defense ain't great. So I will just specify and just really just focus on Jamari and Zion here, who I think this is I think this is a game where they kind of find some momentum that picks up from the last game against the Lions. Jets game sucked for everybody. It sucked for everybody. I thought the offensive line overall was a lot better. And I think the interior was pretty good. I think they'll be much better in this game too. So if Keenan Allen is not playing, which God, of course. Of course, that would happen after we said he would lead the NFL in receiving yards. Um, I, I think he will. But still, if he's limited and if it's snowing, perhaps, I think you just good old fashioned. I don't know who the fullback is, but let's say Jordan McFadden um, outside of his you know big flat route for a touchdown that Steven really wants to happen. <laughs> you know, using him or whatever, running it with. I think I said my X Factor last week was Joshua Kelly. I will not say that again this week. But at some point, he will get more than six touches in a game. So we'll see. But I think the way your interior matches up against their interior defensive line, pretty important, I guess, if you're down to wide receiver, technically four, and tight end three, potentially, if Parham's back or hip injury is any serious. Yeah. So from a weather standpoint, uh, according to my iPhone app, it says right now that uh, kickoff is around 45 degrees and sunny. So oh. certainly, certainly chilly, but for Green Bay in November, I'm That's taking that. Bummer. I know there are like people <laughs> who people who are going are like, oh man, I was really hoping to experience like the frozen tundra. I'm like, why? Why would you be <laughs> upset about that? It's warm in November in Green Bay. Like, please and thank you. Um, so I, Hopefully that that continues to stick. It looks like it's supposed to snow there on like next Wednesday and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully it stays nice. Um, yeah, if no Keenan Allen, no Jared Everett this week, you gotta give me like <laughs> at least fifteen carries for Joshua Kelly and and at least fifteen for Austin Eckler. Like I think you really gotta get the run game going this week. Um, you know the Packers' run defense is basically where the Chargers were at last year. I know that like people are really going to overreact to what the Chargers gave up on the ground last week i'm not going to do that i i it's the run defense is separate like the pass defense yes it looked better against the bears and the jets that part i never bought into i did buy into the run defense because the run defense has objectively been very good for them for the whole course of the season 
The Lions are just a buzzsaw. They have a great offensive line, great running back duo, great scheme. That was an unfortunate game. I think that's going to be an outlier. That's my way of saying the Packers run defense this year is like the Chargers run defense last year. It's not pretty. Um, their interior defensive line grouping is it's just not made of run stuffers. This is like the Chargers when they would roll out Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery on, on early downs. It was just not pretty <laughs> um, with Devontae Wyatt and Kenny okay. Clark. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh it, it it is it is that bad if you're if you're running up the middle. The Chargers have not shown the ability to consistently do that. I hope this is a game where they can really build some momentum. You know, maybe we'll see Nick Fennett and Steven Anderson really kind of establish themselves. That would be fantastic. But I do think the offensive line played much better against the against the Lions. And it's not like the Lions have nobody. Like, there were a couple reps that Ali McNeil had on Zion and Jamar each. or a couple reps from Aiden Hutchinson on Trey Pipkins. But objectively, I thought the charted offensive line was much better against the Lions. And so hopefully that was kind of like a minor step. And we see the Chargers offensive line really take a big step this week against the Packers. Yeah, I think they will. So is your key matchup going to be the run defense or? Um, I think, I think specifically the linebackers against the running backs this week. Okay. Like I, I do expect the edge rushers and the defensive tackles to, to respond. I think that group, you know, the defensive tackle room, I think, needs to be reshuffled a little bit. Um, I would love to see Otito get some more snaps in there. Obviously, we, we've talked about Morgan Fox getting more snaps. Um, but I, I I trust the defensive line to show up this week. The linebacker play has really been hit or miss, and specifically against coaches who know how to take advantage of the Chargers linebackers in the passing game, that's been a major issue. And it's like Ben Johnson, like, circled the linebackers in red this week and was like, I'm just going to attack it. Like, I think the fact that Dean Leonard comes in for Michael Davis and they target him a few times early and then we're just like, eh, we don't care about your backup corner. We're going after the linebackers. I think really, that says a lot to me. (laughs) Uh, So I think the linebackers have defended the run well, but I think coverage is a major, major issue right now for Kenneth Murray and Eric Kendricks. And it's just, it's just not what we expected, or at least what I expected out of the Eric Kendricks signing is, is not really come to fruition. So I'm curious to see how does Matt LaFleur use specifically Aaron Jones to take advantage of the linebackers. I think that's one way that he was able to create some explosive plays this past week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, we know Aaron Jones's track record has been as as a receiver, as a player. Um, so that that's my key matchup. I think that's really one way that the the Packers can can maybe move the ball a little bit more on the on the Chargers is really attacking the linebackers, and hopefully the two respond much better than they played last week. I have zero confidence in their ability to do anything against Luke Musgrave, who isn't like an elite that's tight it. end, but like. Good golly, that is a very tall, very explosive, very, I don't say physical, but he's he's a, what am I trying to say? He's a big dude. Like, there's a lot to Luke Musgrave, yeah. and, I, I, and he's deceptively very fast. I don't know that Kenneth Murray or, or Eric Hendricks can handle that. He's not twitchy, so maybe there's that helps a little bit. But, yeah, I'm worried. Because LaFleur, and this is kind of why I'm worried about this game, linebackers in the secondary, 
yes, these guys, they don't have a single elite guy of that receiving group, but they all seem to be good and like trending towards being pretty good. Yeah. And so I just think the way LaFleur can dial things up, you know, I discussed it like, okay, the best coordinator the Chargers faced this year, the three of them, they put up 108 points on this defense. LaFleur is a coordinator that belongs in that conversation for some of the best yeah. know, play callers. He I just agree. doesn't, he just doesn't have Patrick Mahomes and he doesn't have, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. But like he can do a lot and has been doing that I've seen recently quite a bit. So, yeah, whether it's the linebackers, whether it's the safeties, whether it's the DBs, whoever, like, yeah, I, I'm very worried about this game. And it's not, nothing to do with the offense, the Chargers offense. I'm not worried about them, barring injuries, taking everybody out. But I really do feel with Staley saying, I'm not changing nothing. The scheme ain't changing. The play calling ain't changing. Nothing's changing. The floor goes, great, dude. I appreciate that. Heck, I coach against basically this defense every day in practice. So yeah, time to go after your guys. It's going to be, we'll see. This these edge rushers got to show up. Yeah, I uh, I'm even if Keenan doesn't play, I still think the offense will be able to put up points. I just think that the way Justin Herbert came back to his usual form last week, I think is going to carry over. I think him and Kellen have really started to figure each other out and, and like what they want to do and isolate. Obviously, Keenan Allen not having him would be huge. I, I think that is the difference between me scoring, me predicting them scoring over 30 and, and maybe yeah. 23 or something like that. Like I do think Keenan is worth a full touchdown. Um, but I still expect the offense to be able to move the ball against this defense because I, I, I just trust Justin and Kellen to figure out a good game plan. This Packers defense is not very good. But this this Chargers defense, like if if they are not able to get after Jordan Love from a pass rush standpoint, it could be a long day. It really could. Like I, I think people are really underestimating this Packers offense because, uh, you know, they're they're three and six or whatever, and, and people still hold on to the Jordan Love Friars, and and he's certainly not been the most consistent quarterback. But this offense can certainly put up points if you are not able to get after Jordan Love. Like if you're not able to pressure him, like he can make throws mm-hmm. and, and make your make life tough on your defense. So uh, this is this is a tough task for the defense. Like I I I want people to take this seriously. Like this isn't like a get right game. Like this isn't the Bears and the Jets from a pass defense standpoint. Like I think you are in for a much more difficult matchup than is really being made out to be right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I I don't know if I was driving home or just sitting during my break, and all of a sudden I started thinking about it and watching the games, and I'm like, am I going to pick the Chargers to lose? Uh, I'm not there yet, but I got to yeah. see the injury report. Yeah. No, this this is this is a tougher game than I think is being, being made mm-hmm. out to be. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, traveling to Green Bay for the first time since – I think I think it was the locked on guys said it was like the first time since Philip Rivers was like two years old they've been at Lambeau. I think since they won at Lambeau. Oh, since they won at Lambeau. Okay. Yeah, because they were there in twenty. Keenan had like like twelve catches in the first half or something of that game. It was insane. But it was was that like twenty fourteen? I guess we could do some math here. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. I would guess. Go. Yeah. All right. Because I know they they hosted the Packers. Uh. And killed them that game, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Shane Seconds coming out party. There we go. <laughs> Throwback. 
Um, all right, so my my X Factor of the week uh, is going to be Mr. J.K. Scott and this punt coverage team. I guess more specifically, mm-hmm. Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor as the Gunners. Um, Keyshawn Nixon uh, is one of the best return men in the league. I think you watched, if you watched that Packers and Steelers game, you saw Keyshawn Nixon give them very good opportunities to have field position, short drives. Um, this is a game where we're kind of talking about the defense having some struggles. Maybe you don't have Keenan Allen potentially. Maybe Gerald Everett doesn't play. You can't let you can't allow Keyshawn Nixon to give this Packers offense short fields and just consistently, uh, you know, make it easier on 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 the Packers offense, which I think could, you know, have a, a good day this week. So, um, you know, Ryan Ficken is a fantastic special teams coach. As, as Daniel Popper pointed out, they are currently on track to have positive EPA per play impact on special teams for the second season in a row, which I think is like the first time since I was like a child. <laughs> um, so Ryan Figgins awesome. I do expect him to have a good game plan. Him and J.K. Scott, uh, you know, I know J.K. Scott's not perfect, but like Ryan Ficken knows how to use J.K. Scott properly. He knows how to get the most out of this punt coverage unit, the kickoff return unit. And uh, we saw them limit uh, Xavier Gibson couple weeks ago who's a, another electric punt returner and i think we should see them do that again this week against Keyshawn nixon but if he pops one loose that could really be the difference in the game because i think this could be be a tight game with the way the packers offense could isolate some of the chargers weaknesses yeah like you said keenan allen is worth that touchdown so you don't want to give them a free touchdown or give them any easy field position make it difficult on jordan love of course you know make him drive the whole field and they probably still will but at least you made him do it right so they had to Maybe there's opportunities for an interception or something when they have to play yeah. more. Uh, so yeah, Nixon, you know, playing quite a bit. I don't know how much they intended him to play on defense heading into the season, but he's playing quite a bit now. Good returner for them. I'm all for revenge games. I don't know if punters can have revenge games. I don't recall <laughs> That's true, ever yeah. seeing a revenge game, but yeah, I- I'm all for it. Uh, my X factor, I guess a bit more obvious, is going to be Jalen Guyton for several reasons. One, because I do think he's an X-Factor in general, um, not the wide receiver one, not the wide receiver two. I'm. What do you think? Is it possible that Jalen Guyton actually receives more targets than Quentin Johnson this week if Keenan is out? Is it possible that Guyton is actually the guy who would be featured more because Herbert just, maybe not intentionally featured, but Herbert trusts him more? Do you feel that it's possible that Guyton is actually the leading receiver if Keenan is out? Possible, yes. I if Keenan is out, I, I mean, first of all, I would think Austin Eckler would be the leading receiver. But Fair. Um, of the wide receivers, I think that is possible. I, I think they would design more touches for Quentin at that point. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, you sure? <laughs> I, they're not designing a lot for Jalen Guyton. Like all of his touches this past week were like where he was like the third, fourth read kind of mm-hmm. situation. He's very clearly like not his former self um you know he's he's rounding into form but like you know he he caught those two passes and like just basically went down like right away like he's not even trying to run after the catch on sunday uh i don't know man if this isn't the if keenan doesn't play and this isn't the quentin johnson breakout game then i think people can really start having like actual questions i know there's been a lot of questions already but like this game in particular if there's no keenan this needs to be like a Quentin Johnson, like 10 target kind of game, in my opinion. Yeah, if there's no Keenan and there's projected to be no Jair Alexander, you've got a seventh round pick from this year that we just talked about 
And then a sixth rounder, I believe, from last year. So you have Valentine and Valentine. That's going to kill me as they're talking about that. <laughs> That's but, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll be out there. And Quentin Johnson, if you can't do it against those guys, I got nothing for you. So, you know, I assume he'll be fine. It seems like Quentin Johnson was was actually very close. I would love to have seen that one, like, potential house call that just a little tug on the arm or whatever just kind of changed the running just a little bit. But, like, he also should have probably had that one. And if he did, yeah. that's the 80-yard touchdown that we hold on to for the next 10 games, whether he's good or not, <laughs> because that's just the highlight for us. Yeah, um, yeah we'll see. I, I think Quentin Johnson will have a pretty good game, though. Yeah, he was he was so close to like truly breaking out this past week, and you know, we'll see what happens. The the I think it was a holding call officially on the mm. fourth down at the goal line. I watched the tape of that. I did not think that was a penalty at all. Uh, I thought that was no. just a drop <laughs> from Quentin. So uh, thank you, referees, for that one. Uh, obviously, they came back to Quentin on the touchdown, but I, I do think that. Quentin's starting to figure some things out and the Chargers are starting to figure some things out. I think obviously this process has been very long, but uh, the way that they have kind of designed some targets for him as like a, a slant guy as the comebacks, I think they're starting to figure some things out. And weirdly him and Justin have like great chemistry on scramble drills. Like it's, yeah, it's so strange to me. Like Quentin is always the scramble drill guy somehow. Yeah. Um, so hopefully like I, I keep on saying this, like hopefully this is the game where we see really uh, a pop. I thought he was really close this past week, had some great routes, but uh, yeah, the pass interference that he dropped, which would have been easily an 80 yard touchdown. That one hurt. It did. It did. You got to break out this game because I don't want to wait for the breakout game against the Ravens the next week while Zay Flowers yeah. gets to face this secondary. That's not fair. No, no. And that Ravens game, I'm so, I'm so nervous <laughs> about that game. That game could be, oh man, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. That's a that's a tough combination. Lamar's playing like the MVP of the league. That one might be rough. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Oh, I get to preview it though. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm gonna be on a cruise. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get to be nervous the whole week while you are well, not drinking, relaxing somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back to watch the game, so it's it's going to be interesting. I, I've decided that I'm going to delete all my social media for the next week while I go on the on vacation and just kind of detox a little bit. So, uh, yeah, if you missed it, I'm going on a cruise with my family for for Thanksgiving this weekend, um, and I will not be here for for the rest of the week. So Tyler and guests will be uh, previewing the Ravens show, reacting to the Packers game. So. Should be a lot of fun there. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts on this specific Packers game before we head out? I'm excited. You know, you don't get to see your team play the Lions very much, and I wish I didn't at this point, but <laughs> now you don't get, get to play the Packers, who I haven't seen them play in a while. So should yeah. be good. Should be entertaining. I love different matchups. You know, I was trying to, you try to do thumbnails or you try to do something where like you're trying to find pictures and it's like you Google Chargers Packers. And it's just like there's like nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. It's it's Rivers. It's Gordon. It's Ingram. Yeah. It's you know Dreadlock. Mike Williams. It's like oh gosh, what it, like ah, I got nothing to use. Thankfully, Keenan's been in the league for three thousand years, so you yeah. can work with something like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Should be a lot of fun. I um was really bummed that this game ha was happening this weekend because I was really hoping to make the the trek out to to Lambo. It's obviously uh, a bucket list item. So I know uh, uh, several fans are making the trip out. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, you know, we'll see what 
what the result is. So should be a fun game. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert potentially without Keenan Allen will will not be super fun to watch because I think Keenan really has a chance to lead the league in receiving. So hopefully he's able to give it a go. Um, but I'm always excited to watch Justin Herbert, man. I, I think this is really going to be another very positive game for him. He's not even wearing a splint right now. He's just got a little tape on the finger. So, you know, getting healthier. It's like lucky or something. I, I, I get it. It's like a little extra like security not blanky. It sounds kind of lame, but like you, know, <laughs> you just feel better having it there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure and like the video, comment, tell a friend, subscribe. All that good stuff really does help, uh, help uh, continue to grow the show. I will not be here next week, like I said. So I will see you guys next Sunday after the Ravens game. So it's going to be, be a minute until you, you hear my voice and see my face again. But Tyler will be here covering this team. We'll see what happens uh, throughout the rest of the week. So make sure and tune in for all his great coverage in the next 10 days or so. Appreciate you guys as always, and we'll see you next time. As always, Bolt Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.